Hello and welcome to the God Story Podcast. I'm Brent Siddle. Our most loved Bible verses are loved for a reason. John 3.16, Matthew 23.12 and so on. But do we really understand the passages as God intended us to? Speaker, radio producer and author Jay Payleitner sought to resolve that question and found the answer in his new book published by Whitaker House called The Next Verse, What You Never Knew About 60 of Your Favourite Bible Passages. You might have gathered by now that Jay is my guest on the podcast. And Jay is one of the top freelance producers for Christian radio in the States, having worked on Josh McDowell Radio, Today's Father and Project Angel Tree with Chuck Colson. Uh, Jay is also a long-time affiliate of the National Center for Fathering and Iron Sharpens Iron. He speaks at men's retreats, marriage weekends, writers' conferences and weekend services. And in addition to all of that, and how he finds time for it, I don't know, we'll ask him. He sold more than half a million books, <laughs> which is a staggering number. Jay, hi, welcome to the show. Well, Brent, uh, what a privilege. I've, uh, this is a new book that we're talking about today, and I've done a bunch of interviews, but this is my first international interview, and so I appreciate you making that happen, my friend. Oh, it's wonderful. I think your agent wrote to me and said, can you do this? Will you do this? And I said, yes. I'd love to. <laughs> well, good. Good, good, good. You've got a good agent. She's working well for you, I can tell you. How, how do you find, and this is an obvious, and, um, obvious opening question, but how do you find time to do all this? Um, I just have no choice. I mean, uh, oh. uh, I got a, I got a mortgage to pay and I have a God's call in my life. And there might be some slight exaggeration there. Most of my radio production business I did, uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. And then I transitioned. Well, it, the tragic story is that quite a few ministries cut back on their radio to yeah. do social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly Jay was scrambling, but God gave me this. This new ministry of writing books, I've written over over 30 books, Brent, and it's just crazy to think about that. Uh, originally, they were for a lot of them for, for dads and families and, and husbands and wives and relationships. But then I expanded out to uh, to getting your life right and digging into scripture. It's just been a blast and a blessing uh, uh, all the way through. So thanks for asking, Brent. Yeah, yeah, and you're also using, obviously, the new social media, as I'm trying to. Uh, and how has that changed? How has that changed radio and, and broadcasting, do you think, social media? Um, well, uh, it, it angers me because I'm not good at it. But, boy, you just have to tip your hat to the people who are, yeah. who use it right. And whether it's, you know, TikTok or Facebook or, or Instagram or uh, or all the other things that I haven't even heard of, Brent, before on the air, we were talking about neither of us have just grasped onto the technology like other folks have. Uh, but uh, we're working on it, and God can use it all. And I think God can still use books, the printed page, hopefully, because uh, uh, when you put a book in your hand, man, it's a beautiful thing. I I believe still. Mm. I used to take the uh, I used to take the train into work in Manchester every day when I was living in England, and I was the I think I was the only person on the train still reading an old fashioned book. <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody else was on these newfangled things called Kindle. Well, um, well yes, listen. Well, those are still books. Kindles. I mean, you're still reading. You are. It's just. Uh, it's just not. You're not licking your. You're not licking your fingers to turn the page. <laughs> right. now, speaking, of books, speaking of books, let's get on to the subject in hand. Yes. Of course, the next verse, what you never knew about 60 of your favorite Bible passages. Now, I found this great. I had, I had real fun um, doing this, and I learned heaps. What do we find when we read the next verse, Jay? Well, my golly, let's start even before that. It's like I know 
your listeners here uh, uh, have scripture verses that they love. They embrace uh, posters in their kid's bedroom, refrigerator magnets and little wooden plaques on their windowsill and needlepoint on their walls and probably uh, in coffee mugs and probably a tattoo. There's, some of your listeners, they're, they've probably got a few tattoos of their favorite Bible verses. I have. But I would ask them, I would get in their face and say, not really, but I would say, hey, hey, you. Great, great verse. I love that. It's inspiring. But do you know the next verse? And about half the time, people go, um, um, I, I'm, yeah. Oh, wow. Let's let's get into that. So, I, uh, that's the book. But uh, it came because uh, it was one of those self-inflicted wounds that I had to ask myself that same question uh, because I have, you know, scripture verses in my office right here where I'm sitting. And it's like, oh, Jay, do you know the next verse? And and boy, you know what? When you get into it, it's great fun because so many of those verses seem to contradict or or explain fully in a deeper level or remind you of something that you didn't know. Or yeah, sometimes they make you laugh out loud. And I'm a writer, so I, I started gathering these things. Um, the very first one worth mentioning is my I got a new Bible. And I was with a, a, a preacher was preaching, and he talked about um, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And it's like, oh, and he's talking, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And it's like, wow, that is so great. Grace, and it just floods over you, and it's wonderful grace. And then uh, he talks about the next verse. And the next verse is, do you know what it is? It is, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared for us in advance. That's kind of mind-blowing. It's like, all right, um, grace, I don't have to do anything to be saved. Uh, God, God, wait a second, now he's got work for me to do? But the truth is that that grace sets you up for work. So you got to get past that first instinct, like, wait a second, these, these verses are contradictory. And then you go, oh, I get it. Grace and faith lead to good work. So that was that's a, that's my first example. I wrote that reference in the back of my Bible, and then I started collecting them. And it's been great fun ever since. Yes, and, and the rest of Ephesians 2 goes on to teach us quite a bit about works and all the different offices that, uh, that we can, yeah. Well, well, certainly. Um, and you're talking about context now. When you start getting into... Uh, uh, some scripture verses, they just kind of, they, they're like an island in the middle of what? You don't even know what's going on. But many of them, of course, you start reading the context. You see, oh, who is he? You got to ask who who is Jesus talking to or who was this written to or who's Paul talking to? And and what's the status of uh, the, the writer um, uh, context? Is, uh, in uh, Preachers are, to- are talking about context more. But again, the great joy in this book was that so often, it's one verse and the very next verse, mm. and it again makes you laugh. Yes, I, f- I found it um, surprising when it was uh, when it was put uh, down in front of me like that. I'd never thought of it. Why is it important to always read particular verses of the Bible in the context of the whole passage or chapter? Do you think? Well, because uh, my my goodness, how often do you you could pull out? I've, I've often said um, you could probably prove anything with the Bible. Just by pulling out one little verse in context, um, uh, you know, the, uh, God is dead. The Bible says, I had, a, I had a preacher once tell me, you know, the Bible says God is dead. I'm going, what are you talking about? But yeah, it is. does say fools, 
Fools say God is dead. So come on, you can pull a few words out of context and prove anything. And that can be pretty dangerous. We need to take all of Scripture into context. And so maybe maybe my, my book, the next verse, is kind of not far enough. We need to take the next verse and the entirety of God's word, of course, um, and uh, you know that, Brent, and so do your listeners, I believe. How did you How did you learn to do this, though? Because it is it's a skill picked up over many years. I'm they start, they taught me this at theological college, or tried to. Well, you know what? You caught me. I didn't go to I the theological college. I am not a psychologist or a pastor or a theologian. I am just a I'm a beggar who found bread, showing other beggars where to look for bread. And you're asking where I learned this. I learned this because I was in Chicago. I'm outside this. The I live outside Chicago, um, in the states. And um, I worked in advertising on Michigan Avenue in Chicago, doing uh, uh, you know commercials for uh, Corona beer and airlines and grocery stores and uh, canned canned vegetables. <laughs> uh, and the idea of learning how to write and look at something and think about the audience. And write short, and get to the point, um, and that's what was. Uh, that's why I mean, this book is sixty chapters, and people are using it. I discovered as a devotional. I never thought of it like that, but it's sixty chapters for two months. You could read one one chapter a day and get a verse, and then the next verse. Although sometimes it's the previous verse. Uh, if you read the you know reading the book, you saw that. So um, so grab this as a devotional. And you'll jump around Old Testament, New Testament, um, uh, Gospels, uh, that kind of thing. So, um, so thanks for asking. Yeah, so fascinating. So you you learnt you learnt this from advertising, from the world of advertising, and having to read and think through the context of things. Yeah, yeah, correct. And yeah. of course, uh, I, I've sat in. I'm I'm an old man these days, and I've sat through lots and lots of great sermons from great Bible teachers. And uh, again, hanging out with Josh McDowell for 14 years, I produced his radio program. So there's a pretty good, uh, solid uh, background there, and working with Chuck Colson and the Bible League and Voice of the Martyrs and and such. Um, I get paid to I get paid to look at Scripture and and, and grab thoughts out of it. Well, yeah. what a privilege that right. is! What a privilege! Yeah, well, come and talk. I'm gonna. I want. I've got. I can't help but ask some <laughs> questions about your radio career uh, in a minute. But let's just do some of these. Let's before we go into a couple of these verses and look at the next verse. What? How can people get deeper into scripture? I mean, it's, it is difficult to learn to read the Bible. And um, what are some of the resources that have helped you over the years? Well, to get deeper um, into the into scripture. Um, certainly having an accountability partner and, and meeting in small groups and listening to radio and podcasts of folks who make you think and deep cha challenge yourself a little deeper. But really, it is all about that big fat book that's a little intimidating with the weird, with the big words and the weird names and the geography and and such. Um, Early on, it, it it's kind of supposed to be confusing. I think when you when you when a when a, a new Christian opens up the Bible, it's supposed to be like, man, I don't understand. Because the light bulbs go on one by one, and uh, uh, the challenges and the problem might be is that so often we stop too soon. Man, oh man! And you know this, Brent. If you're reading scripture or something, man, this doesn't make sense. If you just go on, just read the next verse and. A little bit more and maybe get a good study Bible with some notes in the bottom. Yeah. But if you read a little more, you're going to go, oh, I get it. Because God, God, uh, he's not a, he's not a Lord, a God of confusion. He's a God of order. 
But at the same time, he wants you to work through and make these discoveries. And I'm reminded that uh, my wife likes to do picture puzzles. She'll dump out 2,000 pieces on the coffee table. <laughs> and it's like, I want no part of this. <laughs> and and are, she'll, are the, she'll do the, she'll, she'll, go ahead. Are you the person that loses the, loses the last piece? I wasn't <laughs> the person that lost the last piece. Uh, um, uh, I confess, yes. What I do is, of course, she puts the outline in and starts to make some of the plays. And then I'll come over and sit next to her. And, you know, drink some cocoa and put the puzzle together, but not until the pieces start to come together. Mm. That's where the joy comes from in a puzzle. But Absolutely. the early stages of a puzzle. Ah. Yeah. And yes, sometimes when she, she's all done and she's looking for the last piece and I'll pull it out of my pocket. Oh, how did that get in there, sweetheart? Yeah, <laughs> the cat used to, to to move them. I, I always used to blame the cat anyway. But um, <laughs> let's come and look at a couple of these verses because this is fascinating. Now, Probably the most famous verse of all, and we all love it, John three sixteen. You know, but what what's the next verse? Uh, here in in America, uh, American football, you can go to a football game and they'll have somebody will have up a bed sheet with John three sixteen written on it. Oh, really? And uh, you wonder, it's like, does that work? Is that an outreach tool? And well, <laughs> maybe you know what? Maybe a football fan at halftime pulls out a, their dusty family Bible and blows it off and, and opens it up to John 3.16 and God touches their heart. I don't know. That's not my method of, of evangelism, but God bless those who do. But again, we know John 3.16. It's about God's loving the world and sending his son as a gift and eternal life. It makes you feel awesome and, and, and empowering. But the next verse is about condemnation. And it even goes on, uh, John 3.18 is, whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That is just tragedy, tragic sounding. I mean, but it proves that Jesus is on a rescue mission. And you know what? You can't have grace unless you have judgment. So um, it's, it's, very, it's confirming. It's frightening. But it's also very confirming of how much God loved us and why we need to accept that love. So two verses in a row. Read one verse, and then, of course, read the next verse. Yeah, and not only that, but the context of the discussion with Nicodemus is fascinating. Who, who well, is, and you deal with that in the book. Uh, what we're doing here now is giving you a little snippet. But in the three or four pages that I used to kick around John 3.16 and, and the next verse, uh, you, you can't help but go, who is he talking to? It was Nicodemus who, came, Nicodemus who came, a Pharisee, by the way, who snuck in to see him. We don't know that for sure, but it seems like he came to see him in the middle of the night because mm -hmm. he was a little, not ashamed, but curious. And then Nicodemus shows up later on after, uh, in the, as we, uh, as we uh, bury uh, Christ and bring him out of the tomb. My golly. Yes, I love Nicodemus. He, he's <laughs> a, a real inquirer, a good man, I think. Yes. Um, okay, Matthew eleven twenty eight is another one that I know you you're itching to talk about. Take us through the next verse of, or take us through Matthew eleven twenty eight, and then take us well, through the next verse. Well, sir, uh, we're sitting in Matthew eleven twenty eight. We are sitting in the shade with Jesus. What a great! We're drinking lemonade, and because it says, "Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." And man, you know what? In today's world, Brent, doesn't that just sound so nice to sit and rest with Jesus? And then he turns to you in, a, in, a, in, in uh, Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30. And he says, does he say, I'm, I'm so glad you came to rest with me? No, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he kind of explains it there. But the first thing he does is put a yoke on you. It's like, what? And we know what that is. It's this wooden collar that, that you know, oxen or, or would wear. Um, but uh, think about that. Uh, do you want to be yoked? I don't want to be pulling stuff. But he says, take my yoke. This, this is Jesus's yoke, which means he's carrying it with you. You are yoked with him. And he can probably carry some weight because he carried all the sins of the world to the cross. Brent, what a so he's he, he can manage any weight that, that you can you can imagine. Plus, he says, and learn from me. So as you're yoked with him, he's gonna be whispering stuff to you. It's like here, here's what you need to do. Here's your thought, Brent. Brent, you're messing up here. Come on here, buddy. All that to say, you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke, says Jesus, is easy and my burden is light. But it is a very it made me laugh. When I think about the next verse, come and rest with me. And wear my yoke. <laughs> yes, it almost completely, on the surface, contradicts what's what's come before. This is why these, yes. and no doubt has been deliberately, and no doubt Jesus deliberately designed it like that. He, and and uh, you know what? Maybe we should seek more burdens. Based on these two verses, these three verses here, we should probably seek more burdens because we get to be yoked with the, with the master. Mm. Mm. I think he could have had an, and I'm not being disrespectful or blasphemous, but I, I sometimes think Jesus would have been a good advertising man because of these amazing <laughs> slogans he comes up with. Well, he was a storyteller. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Uh, now, uh, Joshua, Joshua, let's do something from the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 24, verse 50. This is one of my favorite passages. Um, okay, well, as all favorite verses, yeah. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. We've often used it talking to other people, haven't we? But what comes next? Well, yeah, I talked to, to a woman. She's got this welcome mat. Her welcome mat says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I, I fell in love with this verse decades ago before I even really had a, a faith that I could really hang on to. Um, because it's such a wonderful lyrical, as for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Joshua, someplace in the Old Testament. But then you dig into it and you go, oh, wait a second. Joshua, he's the guy that, you know, that took over from Moses and made sure that the Israelites got into the promised land. And now here he's 110 years old, Joshua 24, 15. And what he does is. He knows he's on his last legs, and he assembles all the tribes of Israel. And you can imagine this sea of people uh, in, I think, the valley or the desert of Shechem. Um, and then he reminds them of God's faithfulness through the entire history of of um, of Israel. Um, and it talks about he talks about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and the, the parting of the Red Sea and the, and the time in the desert. And then he says, "Okay, through all this." You know what? Idols have been sneaking into you, to you guys' heart and mind. So let me say this, and this is Joshua. Again, he's he's on he's at the edge of his deathbed, sort of. He's he's dying. He's, he knows this is the last time with with the people. He says, "As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord." And then the very next verse, the people says, "The people replied." We would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. Mm. And Joshua says, wow, that's to himself. He goes, oh, that's great. But you know, I know these characters. I'm going to ask them again. And so he says something, the same kind of thing. Who are you going to serve? Uh, uh, and, and they go, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. They say it. We will serve the Lord. They say it three times. Mm. And so Joshua dies a happy man. 
and uh, they bury him. And then uh, we flip two pages over in Judges by the second chapter of Judges, the very next book in the Bible. Israel is back doing their idol worship. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, you dudes. You were just warned. He just told you. You just promised him three times. But here's the point about all this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a welcome mat or a poster or a cross stitch or or even think about that idea of, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, that is not a warm, fuzzy statement. That is that is your challenge, a challenge to you to go, what are my idols today in my life, this season of my life? What are my idols? I'm going to push them aside. I'm going to serve the Lord. And really, it's a commitment. It's a, it's, it's, you, you look at that thing, and that needs to be a commitment every time you see it that, man, okay, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to bring my family with me. So there you go. The next verse. Mm, fascinating. Yes. And very powerful too. When you, when you realize that's the next, that's the very next thing. When, mm-hmm. they, when Israel say, yes, we will, we will follow yeah. the Lord. We'll never depart. And then of course you realize <laughs> tragic. <laughs> well, because yeah, well, exactly yeah, tragic. And, uh, and that's all and, of us. Uh, it, it, and it, it is all it, of us. It mimics what you and I do also. We do the yeah, same ab- thing. Absolutely. We do the same thing. Well, we could carry on with this, but you'll have to get the book, folks. Um, it's it's great. The next verse: what you should, what you never knew about sixty of your favorite Bible passages. Now we've got about five minutes left, Jay. Mm. So I'm going to wheel the interview round, and in the in the closing minutes, ask you about your time in Christian radio in the states because you've worked with some amazing people. What are some of the um the, the best things that you that happened to you in your time in in radio production? Well, uh, thank you. Um, you know what? Uh, I, in the last uh, 30 years, I've been in Christian media, whether it's publishing or radio or, or some podcast things and, and print print uh, print outreach. Um, and there have been some nasty scandals here in the States that just tick me off, that make me sad and angry with some of the uh, some of the preachers and the pastors. But the guys I work with, I'm going to tell you. Josh McDowell, Chuck Colson, the folks at the Bible League, the folks at Voice of the Martyrs, um, Heritage Foundation, uh, Susan B. Anthony List. Man, the, the integrity and the authenticity and the sincerity is so wonderful. So I can, I'm, I rest in that. I, I trust in that, that, um, that uh, we're in good hands. Uh, uh, and I, 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 I'm praying that God continues to rise up leaders um, that, uh, that have that kind of integrity. Um, that you know what when you th- we think about we talked about you know what when some little blue haired grandma sends in twelve bucks to a ministry to further the gospel that is honored that is so honored and it just is, is it's a blessing more so than somebody who sends in a thousand bucks that's nothing to them but you can you can uh, you can count on that and the other thing was uh, how generous God has been to me personally again uh, Josh McDowell was doing his. Why wait campaign and his and some of his um, uh, high integrity uh, campaigns and uh, that's when I was raising my kids. My kids are all, I'm empty nest now. I'm even a grandpa now. Um, How many uh, children but, do you have, Jay? Uh, we, I got got five kids and they're all they're all we're all getting along. We're all serving the Lord in different ways um, and uh, it's been a real privilege. Uh, um, one of my sons uh, is the publisher is is head of all the all the publishing at. At Moody Bible Institute, like wow. come on, and then I've got a school teacher. De- uh, uh, anyways, um, uh, and I got eight grandkids. <laughs> so Brent, when you when you, uh, uh, Brent, as for me in my house, is, as for me in my as house, for, we as will for me in my house, uh, we will serve the Lord. Uh, uh, and we faith, do we do we worship idols once in a while? 
Absolutely, we do. You know, we confess. But um, God is continually drawing us back. Um, so, uh, again, the idea of getting paid. Brent, I'm, I get paid for, for reading scripture and, and pulling out nuggets of truth to share with other people. Mm. What a blessing. Um, uh, folks who are who work in the in uh, the secular world and the corporate world and, and or whatever education, uh, you can certainly serve God right where you are. Please do. Don't don't leave it up to folks who are in uh, you know professional in, in ministry. But um, uh, it's been a, a blast and a privilege, and I hope to continue doing it for another decade or two. Yeah. Last question before we go. Um, you, you mentioned you've written thirty books. How do you <laughs> <laughs> How do you find the time? How do you structure your day? I mean, do you do you, like some people get up in the morning and do an hour's writing every morning, yeah. or do you what? How do you handle? How do you actually produce physically produce thirty books? Well, it's all about uh, uh, deadlines, and uh, and I write short chapters, so I know literally almost all my books. My best selling book is fifty two things kids need from a dad. It's fifty two chapters, and what I what I got to do is. Uh, write 800 words for one chapter and I can take a shower in the morning and kind of have write the first paragraph in my head. I sit down and write, I can write a whole chapter then in one day, essentially. And then the next day I can edit it. And so in two, in two days I can write a chapter. And if you do that 40 times or 50 times, or in this case, 60, uh, uh, 60 times, because I do that 60 times. You can do that in uh, in 120 days, mm -hmm. give or take, and that's four or five months. So mm -hmm. I can, because, uh, um, and then you get distracted by other things, of course. But um, it's all about deadlines, and I'll put it out in our calendar. All right, listen, I got to have this many chapters done by this many dates, by this date, uh, and it's uh, it's uh, partially fear, <laughs> partially partially trust. Partially, I using the 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 need to um, use my gifts. It's a lot of it is the Holy Spirit who just kind of. I read stuff I wrote the day before. It's like, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that is a, a stunning revelation. There we um, go. Thank you, yeah. Jay J. Payleitner, and the book <laughs> is from Whitaker House. It's called The Next Verse: What You Never Knew About Sixty of Your Favorite Bible Passages. So thanks to Jay and thanks to our creative team at Liquid Edge who sponsor this podcast and who take care of things behind the scenes. Jay, thank you so much for your time, sir. Uh, Brent, uh, what, a, what a privilege. Keep telling, sir, keep telling God's story. We'll try to. We'll try to. Thank you so much. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode of the God Story Podcast. If you want to help us make more great episodes like this one, you can head over to our Patreon page and become a God Story Podcast supporter. You'll receive our undying gratitude, plus a few bonus goodies for your ongoing support. Just visit patreon.com slash godstorypodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash godstorypodcast. As always, you can get in touch with us via our website, godstorypodcast.com. <laughs>